Hey everybody, this is a re-release of our recruitment stuff that we did last year. Yeah, um, so welcome back to Teaching Brood. We did, we did these about a year ago, um, Well, and we thought it was worth re-releasing these again, because I know a lot of people are starting to uh, recruit again. Uh, teachers, you're heading into the heat of the recruitment fair especially, mm-hmm. um, if, not, if you haven't been employed already. And the main job fairs, at least in Asia, is going to start hitting up in January, so a very short time away. And Australia. And Australia, yeah. Um, so Asia, South Pacific, you guys are going to get to major job fairs soon. Middle East coming soon after that. And then they'll be starting up in North America very, very soon as well. So we thought this is worth a re-release. Absolutely. One thing we didn't mention in the last series uh, because it was still really new and still is really still new. Still is really new. Oh, yeah. Is the idea of an e-fair. Ah, that's the one where you are standing in a digital lineup. Yeah, so no need to dress in that suit. They don't see you. Um, however, um, it does involve a lot of patience. Mm-hmm. Um, don't drink too much uh, while you're doing it. But it is also an appropriate time just to relax with it a bit. And we understand there can still be pressure, but and you understand the systems aren't worked out perfectly yet. But patience is the key there, um, yes. and being okay with not talking to anybody because I know that happens to a lot of people just because of the way the systems are set up. Um, so, but don't be surprised if these things get more and more. I think they are getting more and more because from last year when I was recruiting to this year when I'm still on the email list, there's more iFairs or eFairs yeah. than there used to be. Yeah, so be, I mean, be ready for that. Uh, it's going to be coming up on the horizons, and it's, and it's not much of a surprise, really. No. Uh, I mean, everyone—if you've ever been to a job fair, you know they cost a ton of money. Mm-hmm. But the i fairs, e fairs—they don't really cost that much money, besides like your initial, you know, getting yourself into ISS or search, yes, or one of the others. Uh, so just we didn't mention it. Um, just being aware that they are there. They're options. I mean. Any way to get a job is a good way to get a job. So if you're ready to have some patience and throw yourself out there on, in that way, then... Sit back with a cup of brew and log on. Exactly. So folks, just as a, just as a little add-on to, our, yeah. to last year's. Welcome to Teaching Brute. Today we're going to delve into something we've never done before, but it's really a major part of our life. Yeah, and it's weird we haven't done it yet. Um, we're actually going to talk about the process of becoming an international educator, uh, because we've both been international educators for eight or nine years apiece, and it how we got here is not, it, it's not a straightforward story, it, it, it's not what you'd expect. So what we're, this is a three-part yeah. thing here we're going to do. The first one, this one is going to be about how you actually get into it. Yes. The second part, we're going to talk about how the reputation of different schools and how that happens. And then the third part is going to be more about the emotions behind when you first move to a different country and start into your new school. And what you can expect. Yeah. You are perfectly normal. Yes, that's what we're saying for that one. That's a little teaser. Uh, so we're going to start, we're going to do this literally chronologically. What you can expect month to month 
with the international with the process of international education. So let's start by saying that unlike public schools back in North America, you tend to start your job hunting process a year in advance. Or more. Or more. Yeah. So let's, for argument's sake, we're going to go for 12 months. Yeah. And see if we go from there. And so August, September time. Oh, I might even pull it back to July when you start getting your resume ready. Mm. Start prepping that resume. Start opening that resume, that thing that you've left alone for a few years and start updating it and getting it ready. And in that process, you're probably also going to be applying July, August to one of the bigger search organizations. We're talking about International School Services, Tie Online, and Search Associates are the three biggies. There are a lot of other smaller ones. We're just saying those three, for argument's sake, we're not promoting which one's better or worse. We're just saying those are the three most known. And I've definitely used two of those three. So have I. I think I've been on the third. I I know. I'm trying to remember if I've been on the third or not. But, you know, this is one of those things, depending on what you're looking for, will depend on who you end up signing up with. And the reason I can't be biased towards either one is because I've gotten a job through one, one time, and a job through the other, the other time. So there you go. Uh, So I have no real, like, yeah, my, my first time was through my own father by accident. That's a side point. Um, So, on your CV, you want to make sure that you're highlighting things that you have done within your school, things that you've done within your classroom. Yes. Uh, Things that make you stand out, especially if you're in a position where your position is a bit of a dime a dozen. We're talking anyone in the arts in high school, middle school, and we're talking any elementary teacher. Yep. Um, Absolutely. High school, physics teachers, PE teachers... Damn, you guys got it made. Yeah, anything, if you can do AP or anything that's IB level, like if you're on the diploma, diploma program stuff, you're, you're, you're pretty good. Yeah. Um, especially if you're like a physics, chemistry, math. Yeah, you're, 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 you're riding the way. Anyways, that's beside the point. What we're basically getting here is August, September, you're prepping your resume, you're getting your references, you're getting all your ducks in a row, mm-hmm. so you can start searching when those positions start to pop up. And you're going to want to see those positions right away, but you can't because the international schools haven't posted. Yeah. So for the first few months, it's prep and wait. Yes. Waiting is hard. But use the time wisely. So update certifications. Yeah. You know, if there was a, a mini PD that you were planning on taking and hadn't gotten around to... Do it. Because that looks good. But you also want to do things like your criminal record check might be a great time to get that done. Ooh, that's a must. Yeah, because every most international schools will want that eventually. It's these things that you kind of want to... Gotta get to jump on. Yeah, you do. Um, then comes October, November. Now, October, November is typically when most international schools will ask their teachers whether they're coming back or not. Some say yes, some say no, and some say maybe. Yep. And you'll also get an idea of which schools are expanding, Mm -hmm. which schools are adding new roles. And this is the time when Search, ISS, TIE, whichever one you go for, will start posting their positions. Now, that doesn't mean that the school is necessarily actively looking for them yet. Nope. It just means they have an idea of what they need and they're collecting the resumes. Yes, they're putting out their own feelers. Yes, they might be searching people they know, they have good reputations. It is, the word of mouth is a big deal in, in international education. Also, when you're looking at some of those positions, you may actually find that they have the word tentative beside them. Yes, indeed. And that's because they don't know. Because someone has said, maybe I'm coming back. And they have the prerogative to take their position again. 
late November, early December is when you typically find these positions start to lock in and kind of going, these are the positions we need, these are the positions, nope, this one was tentative and the person's staying, but these are the ones we do need. That's when that becomes a lot more serious. Yes. So this is when you start getting preliminary interviews over the phone if a school really wants you. I'm not saying they might not really want you if you don't get one, I'm saying the positions that are more sought after, that there are much fewer of, fewer qualified candidates to do, this is where they typically start to get locked in quick. Hello, science teachers. Yes. Um, or if, if you were a really, really good elementary teacher or something like that that has a phenomenal reputation, or you've been kind of, they, they'll want to get those positions. The less effort, the less work involved in it, the, the better it is. Yes. If they exactly. can get the quality candidates. But. This is early in the season. Schools are going to be more choosy. Yes. Don't get stressed out if you don't have a position by Christmas. It's really not early yet. It's really not late yet. You are no. still in the early part of the game. January is where you start to see your first job fairs. Actually, not anymore. December now. It's true. There are. They've just started that in the last year or two. Yeah. There are a few. So late, so December, Jan, Feb is when you see their job fairs. Job fairs are essentially you go to a hotel and it's speed dating for your job. It is. Yeah. Very weird to be going into a hotel room and, you know, sitting beside a bed talking to a potential employer. Yeah, but that is... Not weird at all. No. <laughs> Not at all. Anyways, that's it, it's one of those, it is what it is situations. It is. Yeah, and you might not go to a job fair, but admittedly still these days, most international teaching positions, a huge chunk of them anyway, are locked in through job fairs. Or Especially Skype. if you are a new international teacher. Yes. You will probably have to go to one of the North American or UK or Australian job fairs to pick up your position. Yeah. Um, Though there, there is an opportunity to travel there, by the way, if you... Uh, prefer Bangkok or the Middle East. Yeah, they are available. Um, and so you'll go to a job fair or you'll get Skyped interviewed. You'll go through the process. Most international positions will be kind of locked in February, March, April at the latest. I'm going to back up just slightly. Sure. In an interview, Yeah. these interviews are a little bit longer than your typical North American school interview. Your North American school interview might be 20, 30 minutes. Mm. But an international school interview, it's going to be more than that because they're not just asking you classroom curriculum questions. They're also going to ask you about your lifestyle. Yeah. because, And they're not trying to be weird, but they want to know if you're going to fit in their country. If you're like a really outdoorsy person that loves to be out hiking and kayaking and canoeing, and they're in the middle of a really busy city with no way of getting out to nature, you're probably not going to be a good fit. Yeah, so they're getting a feel for you. They're also getting a feel for other things that you might not expect, like marital status, mm -hmm. uh, which tends to be, believe it or not, a massive factor for a lot of schools. Yep. Um, you're going to run into things like if your university or college that you went to is accredited to the country that you need to, if you have an accreditation to the country you need to, if it, 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 they're going to look for a culture match, they're going to look for a personality match. It's not like you're backed up by a union here. You're a contracted employee. Yes. Like, like anyone else in the business world is. And they're also looking to balance other things out. Yeah. I have lost out on jobs because they're like, you know what? Our department's actually really female heavy right now, and we're looking for a man. And so if you have an equally qualified person and the gender they're looking for, sometimes they might, or if you're a single and they really want to lock in a couple of families because, you know, 
Maybe it's lacking yep. a little bit. That's what they're going to do. Or it could be a housing thing. There was a position I was offered, but it w- they said, look, this is a position for a single only because you need to share the house. Yeah. So you're going to be sharing with another single teacher. So just be aware of that. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong, and that's not the debate right now. No, nope, that's saying, just is this is. the reality. It's, it's one thing you deal with. Okay. So you've gone through these, you've gone through these interviews. And let's say you've got a couple offers on the table, then you start worrying, you talk, talking, getting feelers out, which one's the best. You might have just a good, a good, a good instinct about what you want to go for. You and won't have long to make your decision. No. Typically, if you're going to a job fair, they might give you a week after it, but I've been compressed to as short as 24 hours. Yes. They only are required to give you 24 hours. Yes. You um, can ask for more time, and they can choose to give you more time or not. Yes. It's totally up to them. Um... So, you've got your position. Now, contract time. Woohoo! Read through it thoroughly. Yes. There are ask questions. Mm-hmm. Show it to a lawyer if you really have big concerns. That's a contract. It's legally binding. You do want if you if you feel like you need another set of eyes on it, get it. Yeah. But also remember that that contract is binding within that country, and as such, the way things are worded yep. may not stand up in the court of your home country. If you want to debate it. But, but I mean, that's just it. If you don't like it, don't take it. Yes. Uh, the other thing to bear in mind is there's often not a lot of negotiation on those contracts. Mm-mm. Salaries are salaries, just like they are at home. There's scales. Most, te- most schools internationally have scales for teachers. That's what they do. And... You're going international. Just going to put that out there. It's not necessarily equal pay for equal work. No. Um, so just be aware of that. We don't want to, we don't want to dive into that too heavily, but it's, it's a something thing. to be aware of. Yeah. Um, so you've you've seen your contract and you finally decided I'm going to write my name on this dotted line. You do. You send it back, and now begins the part two. Yes. You thought you were done. You've got a contract. Well, guess what? Now you have to go through the country's hoops. Yes, and that could be arranged from incredibly easy to incredibly hard, depending on where you're going and what you're doing. Most um, times, a school will help you through it. Yes. Hopefully, they will. Um, and the, and the process could be as easy as fill out a couple of forms. Here's a visa. You're to go. Or it could involve. Blood tests, urine tests, X-ray scans. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could have. You could need to get your degree certified. You could need to get your teaching certification certified. It's a whole host of different things depending on what country you're going to. Yep. And, and the schools should be clear about exactly what you need in order to get the ball rolling. And that's key words: the ball rolling. Yes. That doesn't guarantee you something at the end. No. So once you've gotten all your ducks in a row, and this includes doing things, FedExing them, you needing something, then getting an email from the school saying, "Nope, we need this thing." You're doing it. You're doing some more things. Mm-hmm. You, it, it, there can be a lot of rigmarole. In certain situations, you may have to travel to an embassy to get certain things done. Yep. And it could even be something I had. So my first overseas job, there wasn't an embassy in my home country of the host country that I was going to. So I had to send my documents. First, my documents had to go to the police to be certified that they were correct for the local branch of government. And then they had to go to my nation's capital to be certified there. And then I had to send them to my country's, my Canadian country embassy in the States 
who then passed it over to the Americans, who then passed it over to my new country because I didn't have a direct consular connection to my new country. Ah, yes. So, but we're saying, what we're saying is there's no clear-cut way it's done. It's different for every country that you go to. And it's going to be different depending on who you are, who's going with you or not. Yeah. Um, So just be aware of that process. That process can be a few months long. Yeah. But embrace it, love it, because it's part of the role. And and, and embrace the excitement of it. And then finally, once you're through all the rigmarole that involved, then you know what? At some point in time... You get that visa. Yeah. Or... You have to send them your passport. Your passport will be involved somehow in this. Mm-hmm. And then you might get it back. Or you might get something in the mail that says, stick this in. And then you are good. And then you just wait to go. Yeah. That's when you start all the farewell parties and doing this last thing this last time. Getting the things that you want to take over with you. And for every person, that's different. Um, I mean, we don't want to take this too long, but that is the general process behind getting hired as an international educator. Um, In the next episode, we'll get into more of what the schools are like and what to expect in various levels of schools uh, in terms of everything, really. Um, But just in terms of just generally getting hired by an international school, this is the process you're going to go through. Yep, pretty much everybody does. Yep. Thanks, folks. enjoy the process. It's fun. Yay. Have a good night. Bye.